You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So we celebrated the 4th, and when you celebrate the 4th, you always think of celebrating freedom. And in light of that, I just thought, Lord, we need to look at freedom today. Look at freedom, because we need more freedom than what we're experiencing. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. One of the things that's kind of coming into focus for me regarding my personal freedom in Christ is understanding that for me to continue to advance and to grow in the personal freedoms that we have in our relationship with him, it always involves an element of humbling ourselves. Linda liked the the part of the song that says that even after the one, and I like the part that was saying, that if he chose to surrender, so will I. And there, there's something about the humility of surrendering. There's, there's a time to surrender when, you're, when your opponent has his foot on your neck and he's going to snap it. You say, uncle. You, you run up the white flag. You, you surrender. But when you have an option, you have a choice, you have the freedom You can choose to surrender or not surrender. It's at that moment when you choose to surrender. Jeremy Riddle in in his wonderful song called it Sweet Surrender. It's the sweetness that comes when we humble ourselves in his presence and we surrender to his lordship. (laughs) It's the beginning of of freedom in in all things, especially if if we're dealing with addictions. Uh, The first point of freedom in our addictions is to confess that life has become unmanageable. And when we realize that we are no longer able to control ourselves, then we humble ourselves and we seek assistance. Now, the hard thing about seeking assistance is that we're all kind of control freaks. We're we're all designed, we love it when we have control. But when we get to the place that our addiction is now manifesting in a way that we're not able to be in control, the the good that we want to do, we don't do, then that's the time to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I've tried everything I know to, and I'm not in freedom. I need your freedom. So Lord, release your freedom to me. And as we humble ourselves, we do that. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud was talking about how healing happens within the body of Christ as each part in the body of Christ is doing its part. It builds up the whole. And so the, the number one thing that seems to be the way the enemy gets us and keeps us with restricted freedom is that he gets us to isolate. He gets us to try to see if we can figure it out on our own first. Has anybody ever tried that first? You've got a problem, you think, okay, let me see if I can figure this out, and if I can't, can't figure it out, I'll call Mike Mulvaney afterwards. You know, there's something that, to humble ourselves, to surrender 
to another part of the body of Christ is, is one of the most difficult things for us to do as human beings. And as a result, the enemy knows how to <laughs> exploit that so that he can keep us isolated in our stuff, never knowing the freedom that we have. So our text today comes from Galatians chapter five. The first six verses are all good, but we're just gonna look at verse one and then jump down to five and six. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Christ has, has set you free. He wants you to know the freedom that he died that you would know. And when you know the freedom, stand, stand. It's so important that as soon as we realize that we're free, that we need to stand. Freedom gives us an opportunity to stand against the stuff that is coming at us. We do not want to return to the burden of the yoke of whatever has enslaved us. Whether it's a, it's a power that has come in and invaded our land, or whether it's a power that has come in and invaded our soul, uh, whether it's toxic relationships that have imprisoned us, we have to stand when we realize that we're free. He goes on and he, he's talking in the context of the church at Galatia. He's talking about the, the circumcision and the law and those that, that started in faith with Christ and the grace of the Lord. And now they're trying to get back into a performance, a works righteousness type of thing. It's really interesting that he, he has some strong phrases there that if we continue to try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, listen to this phrase. You have fallen away from grace. But that's the American way. We pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But he says, when we're trying to get our freedom, when we're trying to somehow attain a right relationship with God by our own efforts and by our own works, by trying to keep the law, by trying to do all of that, then grace we've fallen away from. That's rather sobering. Now it's interesting because when you're reading Paul's arguments and his letters, you've got to understand that he's not saying that the law is bad. The law just represents something that we can't achieve. It shows something wonderful that the Lord has for us and what his standard is. But we can't get there of our own effort and energy and therefore he's released grace to us that becomes the means and the access whereby we come into relationship with him. And as that relationship continues to grow and increase, all of a sudden we find that some of the things that the law is talking about is starting to be second nature in us because it's coming from the heart of the father. It's coming through the heart of Jesus. It's coming through the heart of the Holy Spirit. And as we are in fellowship and getting to know them, we start taking on their heart. And we don't even do it by effort. It's by faith and by his grace. Verse five, but by faith, we eagerly await through the spirit, the righteousness for which we hope. 
Mm. Freedom in the Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's freedom. The Spirit of the living God. And that is the righteousness that we long for. Not a righteousness by keeping every jot and tittle of the law, but the righteousness that comes by faith through grace in the Lord Jesus himself. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Oh, underline that one in your Bible. Faith expressing itself through love. So we see here in freedom that there's, there's two parts of freedom that I want us to look at today. The first part is that we, the, the places that we gain freedom from something, freedom from. And here we see, don't be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We have been set free from the yoke of slavery. And as I was just meditating on this, I was just thinking of all the things that freedom uh, that we're no longer connected to because of the freedom of Christ. First thing that came up was oppression. Isaiah says in 61, 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Wow. Thank God that we're free. We're free from oppression. We're free from the enslavement that sin had us in, in a cell that sometimes we custom order for ourselves. And a, a place where we are so familiar with that when the Lord comes and he opens the prison door, somebody has to slap us and say, hey, the door's open. Why don't we get out? But the problem is it's so familiar. We've been in it so long that we don't realize that we can now walk out of our imprisonment and release from darkness for the prisoners. The second thing was darkness. Paul gets so bold in Ephesians, he says, and once you were darkness, whoa but now the light of God resides in you. Hmm. So we get free from oppression. We get free from darkness. We get free from our imprisonment. The third thing is fear. We understand that as we enter into this relationship with him, that his perfect love casts out all fear. And we get to know an increasing freedom from fear. Is anybody absolutely completely free from all fear? Don't see any hands right now. But you're not as afraid as you were. As, as we experience and as we grow in our relationship with Christ, we find that when the enemy is trying to exploit our finances, he's kind of exploit, you know, our, our circumstances, our well-being, our physical well-being, we find that huh, the Lord he is good. He knows my situation. He is freeing me from the fear of thinking the worst. And as we continue in this, we continue to grow and our fears begin to shrink. There's times when the enemy tries to bring up an old fear. 
but the Lord has already proven himself over and over and over in that domain. And when he does, you look and you just laugh in his face because you know, I'm not biting on that hook. I've been free from fear in that area. Let's continue to increase the arenas that the enemy tries to keep us in fear. Let's get free continuously. And then sin. Mm. You know, sin is kind of like when we are in control. We think we're the center of the universe. We think that it's, it's all up to us. We fall away from, from grace when we try to do it ourselves. I pray that the Holy Spirit today would set some kind of alarm system in your spirit and in your soul that every time you're in a situation that is beyond your ability and you think that you have to figure it out, that the alarm goes off and you realize there is grace that the Lord is wanting to give in this moment for this situation right now. I think that would be so amazing for the grace. So Lord, we just thank you for everything that you set us free from. And I know this isn't exhaustive. This is just a beginning list. And I pray that you inspire us to look at all the things that you freed us from. <laughs> you freed us from the judgment of wrath. You freed us from punishment. You have freed us, Lord, to be who you've called us to be. Secondly, we want to look at what we are free now, what our freedom now allows us to do. It gives us access to the Father. We can stand firm that we have been given access. I don't know, when the enemy is trying to, to steal your freedom, one of the first thing he tries to do is shut off your access points whereby you know how to run to the Lord. You know how to go to him. And one of the, the main ways that he keeps us from being able to run into the father's arms is the shame. It's the prodigal son type of thing where our choices, what we've done, what we've said, what we haven't done, what we haven't said, all of a sudden he tries to use that to shame us out of the access point of running into his arms, running to know him, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we have access to them. The prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, that we might be one just as they are one, that we would know that the love that the Father has for the Son, he has, the Father has for you and me, and that our oneness with Jesus has brought us into the oneness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that now we are citizen, we're a citizen of heaven, and we have access to God. In Ephesians 3.12, it says, in him and through him and in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Hallelujah. All because of Jesus, the wonderful grace and the faith that we put in him. Secondly, we know we have freedom to know him, to know God, the sovereign king of the universe. Every now and then it just blows me away. I, I get so familiar with the Lord that it's almost like he and I are just buddies. And then all of a sudden it's like the Holy Spirit just taps me on the shoulder and says, 
you do know he is the great almighty that not only is God of this solar system, but all the solar systems. And it's like, okay, the greatness of God. And we get to know him and continue to know him each day. The problem is sometimes we, we get our theology down. We've read the book. We've read enough of it that we think we understand him. And we know what he says about this and about that. And therefore we know him. And it's like, man, do you not know that God is both masculine and feminine? Do you not know that? He is unchanging, but he's also feminine. I'll just leave that there. Mm -hmm. To get to know him means you have to know him in the present. What's going on today? A lot of times you think you know your wife. She always wants it this way, this way, this way, this way. And you wake up one day and she wants it a different way. Okay. So you better be liquid in the moment and not run ahead and think because she was this way for the last 46 years. No, that she's going to be that way next year. You better stay current. Every now and then the Lord just throws me a curveball, not through her, but through him, relationship with him. And I'm thinking, I didn't see that one coming. Hmm. Yeah. To know him. The, the third thing is that we're free to grow and to mature in fullness with him. Huh. Paul puts it this way, that we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, with an ever-increasing faith, with an ever-increasing glory, that there's always increase, there's always maturation, there's always more that we don't know of him. You're never going to touch bottom in the ocean of God's love. It's too vast. It's too infinite. Here he says, by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. There is a righteousness that he is bringing to us. It's not something that causes us to boast in ourself, but it causes us to boast in his goodness. I've always said that my, my confidence is never in my ability to be a good son. My confidence and my boast is in my father's ability that he knows how to raise me as his son. Father knows how to raise sons and daughters perfectly. Even the strong-willed. We'll leave it there. James put it this way. He says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. The perfect law of freedom. It's the law of love. Hmm. And there is a blessing in that. We have to continue to pursue and to grow and to mature. Second, we're free to be a child of God. We're able to be his son, his daughter, and to, to intimately know all the parental provision that Father God has for us. 
We are free to partner with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in His kingdom activity, proclaiming and demonstrating the gospel, the gospel of His kingdom. Mm. A little later in, in verse 6, he says, It's faith expressing itself in love. We are now free to love as He loves. And that is something that we continue to grow in until the day we die. And it could be for all eternity. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another. Hmm. This is written for the freshmen in college. You're out from underneath mom and dad and the rules of the, of the household, and now you're off on campus. And if you want to stay up till 4 a.m., you can do that. But your 7.30 class might be a tough one to get up for. Oh, that's why you missed it. Oh, okay. Uh, you have freedom. The, the, the interesting thing about when we have freedom, but it's not connected in our relationship with the Lord, it's amazing how we misuse that freedom so often. We take it and we do it and we spend it on our own selfish purposes. For me, raised in my family, the older you got, the later you got to stay up. So I was the middle child. So my baby sister had to go to bed early. Then I got to stay up a little longer. Then I had to go to bed. And then my older sister got to go to bed after that. And so there was this, this hierarchy. And somehow the enemy was able to use that in my mind that as I became an adult, I didn't have to go to bed. I'm old enough now that I look forward to going to bed. <laughs> but there was a time when I was trying to prove that I was an adult and I had freedom over myself. I could self-govern and therefore I would stay up as late as I want. But then I'd pay for it the next day. Hmm. Yeah, learning how to take the freedom that we've been given, not to indulge in, in our sinful nature, our self-centered nature, but to Use it to serve one another in love. Romans 8.21 says that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. You know, it's our freedom in our relationship with God that is linked to the bondage of decay that the creation is suffering under. So we've got all of creation cheering us on as sons and daughters of the Most High God to enter into the fullness of our freedom because it will bring deliverance to, to creation as well. To exercise His authority. Oh, we're free to exercise authority. I love this. <laughs> to be able to now, out of submission and humility, to be able to have access to the authority of the Son of God and to release that authority in the earth right now in healing and deliverance and the freedom that we have received to freely give to others to see them get free. Mm. And to destroy the works of the devil. 
Yes. That's one of the reasons Jesus came. He said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. And as we find our freedom, and as we continue to grow in our relationship with him, we find that we get to partner with him, and that partnership is manifested in exercising authority over evil that's around us, setting captives free. To reconcile others to God, to be able to proclaim the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes would not perish, but have everlasting life. Hmm. First Corinthians eight, nine says, be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. So there's a, there's a sense that as we gain more and more freedom, we have a responsibility to use our freedom redemptively, to use our freedom in a way that accurately represents the freedom of God, the very, purse, the very purpose that he gave us our freedom. 1 Peter 2.16 says, Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Once again, don't, don't, don't get selfish with it. Don't turn it inward. Don't, don't warp it. Don't twist it. Don't pervert the freedom, but use the freedom as you get to know him in being truly a servant, a son for others. Mm -hmm. So he ends in verse six and he says, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. Yes. I think when the scripture says, what is important, we should probably pay attention to that and find out what is important. Faith expressing itself in love. This is, this is the, the great thing about coming before the Lord and just saying, Lord, where is it that I'm, that I'm in bondage? Where is it that I'm, I'm still in prison? What is it about my thinking that continues to restrict the glorious freedom that I have in Christ? What is it that, that keeps limiting and restraining your wonderful purposes in my life. You never have to, to do that and think that you're getting ready to get the hammer lowered on you. You do it because you know that he loves you and he wants you to live in the, full, the fullest freedom that Jesus came and died for. He wants you to know the full measure of freedom. So what is it that he is laying on your heart today and say, Lord, I need freedom from, and you just fill it in. There's pens in the chair. You might want to just write it down. Lord, I need freedom from. And, and the things that the Holy Spirit starts showing you, revealing to you, just kind of jot those down and have a conversation with the Lord about those later today. Look at those things. And what is the freedom that Christ brought to you set you free for. What is it freedom unto? Freedom so that you can do what? What is he wanting to enable you by his spirit and by grace and by faith? What is it that he, he's encouraging you? He's laying on your heart. And it, it could be, you know, uh, some kind of stepping out and taking a risk 
Matter of fact, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that it's going to involve risk because freedom is given to us for the purpose that we grow. And to grow means we got to take a risk if we're going to grow in faith. So let's pray. As the worship team comes and we do our last song, I just want to encourage you to allow the spirit of truth to just have access to your heart and to show you the things that he's pursuing that he has for you today. Father, we don't want to miss the freedom opportunities that come to us from your kingdom, from heaven to earth. Release the full measure of your grace today that we would walk in more freedom than we've ever walked. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.